Welcome to this edition of the New Investor Podcast. I'm Peter White and with me today is Nick Langley, Joint CEO and CIO of Rare Infrastructure, who specialise in global listed infrastructure investing. Nick, uh, Rare Infrastructure, could you maybe quickly explain the name and also the role of uh, global listed infrastructure in anybody's portfolio? We started Rare back in, in 2006 and you know when we thought about the the product what we were trying to do was replicate the risk return profile of unlisted infrastructure but do that in the listed market so rare actually stands for risk adjusted returns to equity and it's the way we think about investing we come at it from an absolute return perspective we're trying to deliver an infrastructure return for the lowest possible risk and why listed what's the attraction of listed so it's about the liquidity Right, the ability for people to invest literally overnight to obtain an infrastructure exposure for their portfolios. So the companies that we're investing in are generating long-term cash flows from a set of real assets. Right, So they don't move to the beat of equity markets. Uh, they're about achieving returns as determined by their regulator or by concession contracts. Uh, which gives them stability and a longevity to those returns, which matches you know their underlying assets, which are generally you know forty or fifty year life cycle assets. Can you get as good returns with listed as unlisted? Interestingly, uh, when you look over a five or seven or ten year time frame, the returns are exactly the same out of listed and unlisted. Uh, and what happens is the return from the underlying assets and the, the allowed returns the regulator is providing come through in the returns of the portfolio as a whole. In the shorter term, though, and this is important for investors, you do get some equity market volatility. So when you look at it over a quarter, or a year, or nothing up to three years, you'll see some of that equity market vol coming through. But over the longer term, what you're generating is an infrastructure return from this investment class. Well, that's quite surprising. Looking back at the last six months, so this calendar year, what have been some of the highlights and the and the lowlights? Low I, I can use that term. Yeah. Well, it it started really, uh, you know, interestingly when we looked at um, the end of last year and said, right, what is 2018 going to bring? You know, pretty solid backdrop of economic growth was what everybody expected. Um, A bit of inflation and, you know, gently rising bond yields. Well, you know, we got um, sharply rising bond yields and we got a growth scare in the first quarter. And so that was really one of the lowlights. Generally in infrastructure, if you've got bond yields rising, then they're rising because the economy's doing better. And so at least one half of your portfolio, which is your economically sensitive toll roads, airports, rail ports, think about anything moving and moving goods or people around the economy, those guys are doing well. Inflation-linked ones. Your inflation-linked ones and, and economically sensitive, so GDP, business growth-linked. Uh, whereas you know, when bond yields are rising, it tends to drag on the utility companies. You know, oddly, in, in the first quarter, we got bond yields rising and a growth scare at the same time, and that really hurt infrastructure. We've seen that recover during uh, second quarter. And so you know, our view from here is we've got stabi- some stability in the bond yield. So we've actually been buying a number of the utility companies and been able to buy them pretty attractive looking forward returns, kind of low double digit numbers. Um, and then on the infrastructure, you know, we've been quietly reducing in some areas of the world that are starting to go off the boil. Um, Europe's a good example. 
right? So we're taking some profits that we've earned over there and we're redeploying into the more defensive, regulated assets, particularly in, in North America. Well, I was going to ask about the outlook um, in terms of both uh, regional or geographies and or uh, sectors. Uh, you've mentioned Europe already. Yeah, so, you know, if we start in the, in the US and, and, you know, that's where we've got uh, the bulk of our portfolio at the moment, we've got a pretty reasonable kind of growth outlook from here. Uh, it is, you know, it's, it's going to slow a little and you can already see that in the, in the data, uh, but we've got good underlying growth coming through in that, in that economy and we've got bond yields that are relatively contained. And, you know, that is, that's a real tailwind for the infrastructure space. Um, we've got significant growth in the underlying assets of the, of the companies that we own. So the utilities are growing, you know, anywhere from sort of 6% through to about 10% per annum in terms of their asset base. And that's flowing through in the regulated returns. You know, most of these companies earn about a 10% return on the equity, so ROE, uh, the equity that they have in their underlying assets. So as those assets grow, their earnings grow, their dividends grow, and their share prices are generally rising. So, so sectors, you're, you're along the US in terms of geographies. Uh, what about sectors? So at this point, as we get later into an economic cycle, you start to see a rotation in portfolios out of the more economically sensitive, again, toll roads, airports, ports, and so on, and into the utilities. And that provides you with a capital protection that you need as you go into the down cycle. Um, and you know, when you talk to people around the market, they're generally concerned about a recession or a period of, of below trend growth coming through at some stage over the next few years. And that's the point at which you want to hold a lot more utilities in your portfolio. So our approach has been to find you know, points uh, where we can buy those companies attractively on the, the pretty attractive looking forward returns. Um, and that will provide us with capital protection as we move into this next phase of markets, which you know, are probably going to include some sort of recession. It seems only the other day everybody was talking up the synchronised growth outlook for the world. Uh, now we've got Brexit shambles, we've got uh, the unpredictability, to say the least, of Trump, we've got Turkey, we've got tariff wars. How do all those things play on your portfolio management and your selecting of markets and stocks? So it's, it's incredible how quickly the, uh, the, the, the context or the backdrop changes. Um, what's interesting for, for our companies is, you know, ultimately it comes back to the assets, the growth in the assets and the returns that the regulators or others will allow the companies to earn. And the thing about infrastructure assets is they take a long time to build. And there's a lot of planning that needs to go into the process to put those assets in service. And so what we find is the infrastructure companies generally ride through these periods of volatility in the markets uh, because you know their earnings are, are pretty stable. They're on five or 10 year um, capital expenditure cycles. And as a result, they're earning steady returns through those uh, longer cycles rather than the shorter term um, econo uh, uh, market cycles that we see, you know, roiling the, uh, the the global equity markets. So those those trends that we just talked about uh, could almost be regarded as market noise from an infrastructure or global infrastructure listed operation. For us, that's certainly the case. Uh, you know, we do need to recognise that markets tend to um, be forward looking. 
And so as markets start to worry about a recession coming through, that'll begin to get priced into, into markets. And you know, as I said earlier, we're busy transitioning our portfolio from those more economically sensitive uh, you know, toll roads and airports and so on into the more defensive utilities. And that'll provide us with a capital protection as the markets begin to worry about recessions and so forth. Maybe to finish up, could you explain the nuances or the differences between you've got three funds, income, growth and emerging markets, which one would you put your grandparents into or your parents into for their retirement fund or would you recommend a, a, a split across the board? So, you know, our value strategy looks for a balance between income and capital growth, again, through those, those economic cycles. Uh, the income strategy tends to um, focus a little bit more on the, on the current yield, so the, so the upfront income and dividends that you get from the companies, uh, perhaps at the expense of some of the longer-term growth. And then the emerging market strategy is really looking for exposure to um, GDP or, or cycle growth and inflation in the emerging markets themselves. Still investing in mature infrastructure assets, but just higher growth and, and higher inflation ones. So you know, right now, as we look forward from here, we've seen uh, a big dip in the emerging markets over this, this first half. And so if you're minded to put some money to work in the emerging markets, you're know, aware of the view that you should start to step, step into that now and increase allocations because we have had a big sell-off. And the emerging markets generally are a lot earlier in the cycle, in the, in the business cycle, than some of the developed markets like the US and Europe and so on. Um, as, as you then uh, look to income versus value, it's really a question, I think, of kind of where you are in your investment cycle. If you're you know, needing more income, then obviously you, you go towards the income strategy and that has greater capital protection uh, because it's got a higher weighting towards those defensive utilities. Whereas uh, the value strategy is looking for you know, a bit of capital growth to come through. And so it tends to have a higher weighting to some of those more economically sensitive assets to achieve that capital gain. So it really depends on where you are in your savings cycle and your lifetime cycle. Yes, yes. And obviously a bit of diversification would never hurt. No. A bit of diversification is critical for, uh, for portfolios. Thanks indeed, Nick.